Visit the Classic Wood Flooring Showroom on West Plainview Road or at ClassicWoodFloors.com. Time for another snake draft on the Elijah Har Show. Come on, slither little snake. Vote for your favorite list on Twitter at 933KWTO or on the Elijah Har Show Facebook page. All right, I know it's Tuesday, but we're going to do a snake draft today because I'm out the rest of the week. And listen, the theme of the show today has been Jesus. We've talked about Jesus in the Bible. We've talked about, uh, you know, we've had Bruce the Theologian on. So our snake draft is also going to be Jesus today. And more specifically, the Bible, or more generally the Bible, we're going to draft our favorite miracles today. I think this is going to be a fun one. Is the, we got a no, no deities rule traditionally. We can't really have that one today. But I think, uh, I think we should take away resurrection and salvation. We all know those are miracles. To me... It's they're not exactly what we're looking for here. Maybe I'm wrong. Let, let's also I, I agree we take away those. I also say I don't know if you were going to try this or not. I say we take away creation. I 100 percent agree. Okay, that's like, just, let's, just, uh, yeah. That's it's sort of like begs the question like, well, my miracle's so good, yours won't exist without mine. Yeah, we understand sure. creation of the universe and the salvation of the souls all sort of take everything away. Do you want to start? Or do you want me to kick this one off? You go for it. Okay. Um. I've got a variety of different ones, but um, I'm going to start with, I'm totally biased on this one. I'm going to start with Elijah calling down fire from heaven to the, on the prophets of Baal. The moment where he doused his, his uh, sacrifice in water, he had them carry water back and forth, back and forth, douses at water, calls down fire from heaven in front of the prophets of Baal who were unable to do it, were cutting themselves, could not get Baal to answer. Elijah makes fun of them and is like, oh, maybe, maybe Baal's sleeping. Maybe he can't hear you. And then he says, hold on, watch what my God can do. It is one of the most amazing and visceral miracles in the Bible. I love it. I think the story is just fantastic. I also think Elijah did a ton of cool miracles. And I get it. It was God doing the miracles through Elijah, but he did some really cool ones. He's got a couple honorable mentions I want to mention if we don't get picked. It's it's the only miracle that took place with trash talk. I mean, it's the yes, best. <laughs> yes. And the funny thing is, I'm not a trash talker, but there's something you have to have so much moxie to say. Oh, you can't do a miracle. Oh, come on, why can't you do a miracle? Boom, I do the miracle. I mean, you have to have you got to have more than faith of a mustard seed. You got to faith of a mountain to do that. He did it. He pulled it off with panache. That. But here's the crazy thing. I, I never thought about this until a pastor pointed this out one time. He does this. He literally calls down fire from heaven, murders all the prophets of Baal, and Jezebel says, I'm going to murder Elijah, and what's he do? He runs and hides. He goes from like, like, you're Elijah. You just all called down fire from heaven. How do you not be like, come at me, brah? And instead, he's like, oh, no, the queen's coming after me. I don't understand that, but uh, really, it, the, the pastor made a point of like, after some of our greatest wins, we still don't trust God, and that's what Elijah did there. I thought it was very profound. It really, it really is. There's another thing of Elijah combating misinformation in the Bible down there because uh, uh, you know all the prophets of Baal were liars because they were they were taking uh, from what God did and trying to claim that it was a, a fake God named Baal. 
Uh, Elijah knows this, and so in order to beat the prophets of Baal with all their chariots and horses and oxen and all of that, down to tell the people who did this miracle and who's responsible, Elijah, no joke, turns into the Flash and has superhuman speed. That's in the Bible. Is this your he, number one miracle? That he runs down the hill. No, I just, well, it's an no, addition. This was going to be my honorable mention. Okay, come <laughs> He on. outruns the horses. It says he tucks his robe in and just... Takes off running. I love it. I love that he tucks his robe. Right. Like, like he's lacing up his gonna, J's. Exactly right. <laughs> my my next pick also has to do with fire. Um, it's I, I wouldn't say it's one of the big ones, but it's one of the ones that always really stuck out to me. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego surviving in the fiery furnace. I mean, this isn't like a God makes something out of nothing miracle. This is a God protects people from dying sort of miracle and there you know there there's four in the furnace but now i see five I mean, it's just three in the furnace now sorry I see four. sorry three in the I, furnace it, now that, there's four. that miracle ha- gives me two massive questions neither of which have to do with why they didn't die in the fire number one who's the fourth person of the fire is it god is it an angel do we know well it, it's not an angel because nebuchadnezzar recognized it as a person therefore an angel is not angels do not look like people that's what? very that is not true that is mary mary talked to gabriel like yeah they gave him a human regular name in the bible but they said angels don't look like people have you have you ever seen a biblically accurate angel uh and i think when angels appear to people routinely i think they appear as a person you can i mean you can ask mary what she saw but right. i believe we can get chandler haynes I'll in here find out the if mary did you know uh <laughs> second question of this shadrach meshach and abednego those are their Persian names. They have Jewish names. We call them by their Persian names. Daniel, on the other hand, is his Jewish name. They gave him a Persian name. Why do we know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego by their Persian names and Daniel by his Jewish names? I've never understood that in the Bible. It is it is because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't write their own book. Daniel wrote his own book, and so he got to pick the name that he used. He picked his Jewish name. So why didn't, why didn't he call them by their Jewish Shadrach, name? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just known as those people, and I think Daniel grew up knowing them as their Persian names. Would be my hmm. guess. that This is not deep theological discussion. That That's just me assuming. All right. What's miracle number two? Miracle number two, uh, it, this one's a little bit chalk. You, it has to get picked. Parting the Red Sea. The fact that Moses just held his staff up over and parted an entire Red Sea. This is not a river. This is not a, a slow-moving form of, of water. This is a gigantic, huge sea. I feel like people forget that. This is not parting the Mississippi. This is parting Lake Superior in a, in a much bigger scale than even that. And then, and then, as if that miracle part one isn't cool enough, the Israelites make it out. The Egyptians do not. Yeah. God shuts the door. For a time. For a time. And then it shut. And I always love, I always, there's, there's this dumb comic that goes around sometime and it always makes me laugh every time I see it of a, a fish with a briefcase on one side of the water trying to get to the other. And it's a little speech bubble that says like, oh, boss isn't going to believe this story. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've not seen that one. So I got Fiery Furnace Survivors and then uh, the par- parting of the Red Sea. It, it had to be mentioned in this draft. So uh, my chalk one goes second. I wanted to pick it first because I think the the, the story behind it, it and really the lesson it teaches is so great. But it's just a common miracle in the Bible, so I didn't pick it number one. My number two is going to be uh, Manna from Heaven. It seems boring, but here's what I love about it. You could never keep the manna. 
So it required you to believe that tomorrow there will be food. I can't keep the food. Tomorrow there will be food. I've learned this in my own life. A few years ago, I had a traditional big lawyer job. You know, when you work for a big law firm, the checks are pretty regular. You're in pretty good spirits. At some point, I left that. And at some point, I started my own business, do a little consulting. And I, I, I had the conversation with people. I'm like, you know what? No matter what, I've got, I'm making great money today, great money this week. Have no idea if I will have any money in six months. And so it was like manna from heaven. God was giving me all I needed right now. Never enough to know, oh, I, like in six months, I'll be totally fine. It was my manna from heaven. And I, that to me has been a struggle to learn, but a fantastic miracle and metaphor. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's something that I've learned time and time again in my life. I mean, every single time I was unhappy, usually it happens to me, or at least it stands out to me with uh, employment sort of things. Every time I'm low on money, something ends up happening. You know, we had a, we had a roommate move out last minute out of nowhere a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. And I, I mean, I, I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. I didn't know really anything. And then this job comes up to me. It's like, Hey, we want you to take on some more hours. We want you to do this, 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 and this, and we'll pay you extra. I was like, of course there's, there's my manna. You know, I was, uh, before this job, I was in a sales job making much better money than I even do now, but I hated every second of it. And so I was like, God, I can't do this anymore. I showed up here. Like I say, always with a resume and puppy dog eyes and Don Luzader tells me, Oh yeah, we just got the green light yesterday to hire somebody. Why don't you come in here and we'll interview? Just out of the blue, totally like has to be God no matter what. It, manna from heaven, I think, is one of the. Uh, I I think it should be preached on more often because totally. it, it's it's huge. We like we like the the calling down fire. We like parting the Red Sea. Christians get bored with the mundane manna from heaven sometimes, and we we lose sight of how cool that really is. All right, my next one, maybe one of the more difficult ones to understand, or understand how it was phrased, the sun stood still. I love it. It's amazing. You're beating up on your opponents, and God says, and they're like, oh, but if we don't finish the job, and God says, okay, the sun stood still. It, it's so interesting for so many reasons. Number one, God could have just said, oh, well, we'll just slay them all now until the sun before the sun goes down. He didn't do that. It's also like, it's always been like this big debate of, well, the, the, the Bible says we're a flat earth because the sun stopped moving, not the earth. I have no idea why this happened or why it's phrased the way it's phrased. And I think in a lot of ways, that's the beauty of the, the Bible is there are things you're not supposed to understand until, as the Baptists say, we're in glory. I love that one. It's super interesting. I have no idea why God did it the way he did it and why he phrased it the way he phrased it, but I find it totally captivating and mysterious. I can't wait to ask him about it when I when I reach heaven. I love moments like these where there's an easier option for the Lord, at least in our opinion. Yeah, and he just kind of flexes. doesn't do it. Yeah, he could have easily, like every time Israel was at war or anything like that, uh, the Jews were at war, G, uh, God could have just like snapped his fingers and all the enemies died immediately. And that is not how God ever operated. So I, I, that, I, I agree that the sun's standing still. Uh, it's, a, it's a flex from God. It's a reminder that, hey, I'm controlling all of this. And, and I, I really like the pick. It is my turn? It is my turn. <laughs> I'm turn. so sorry. The, the finger in the face means it's your turn. Yeah, let's, let's keep talking about nature a little <laughs> bit. This is something that we all have, at least I tried to do. Maybe as a pastor's kid, I was a little bit of a, a dorkier Christian and trying to trying to do things. Um, have you ever tried to walk on water? Because it doesn't work. 
Uh, so my favorite thing to do is to do that thing where you like run along a dock and then you like, you try to run as fast as you can on the water, see how far you can get. That's as close as I've come to walking on water. Yeah, it's uh, same. I mean, obviously it's never happened. I've gone ice skating. Now you are good at ice skating. I've just gone. I just take an ice skating class. It doesn't mean I'm good. That's fair because I've taken guitar classes and I couldn't hold a note. So that's fair. Uh, you know how to go backwards though. That's pretty cool. I used to when I took <laughs> classes 15 years ago. I'm not sure if I could do it anymore. Ah, well, dang, 20 years ago. Shoot. Walking on water, it's just, I mean, the, the entire story, and I'm specifically picking the one, if you want to make me pick, uh, I'm picking the one where there was a big storm all around. Not the one where Jesus was walking out on calm waters. That's cool. But Is the it one, the Peter? But yeah, the one yes, where Peter sank so and fun. Jesus reached out. It's like the Red Sea. The sea's divided for a while, and then it's not. Peter can walk for a while, and then he can't. I love that. The Lord giveth and taketh away. I mean, it's it's a perfect example of that. And I love that the Bible includes the fact that Peter looked away from Jesus, and that's when he started to sink. Everybody knows the metaphor there, but it's it's just such a crucial life lesson. You take your eyes off Jesus, you're going to start sinking because life is a storm. Like, it's just a beautiful metaphor for everything going on in the Christian life. Walking on water, Jesus and Peter for a quick second. Uh, I, I think it's I, I think it's one of the coolest miracles. Totally, totally agree. Next pick, get ready for the Vic pick. I haven't had a Vic pick in a while. You haven't accused me of one. It's back. This is a pick that I personally think is really, really cool, but doesn't have a whole lot of emphasis going forward in the Bible. Um, like I said, I love it whenever God flexes and is just like, oh, yeah, I can do that. No big deal. And then, like, does it. Uh, I'm going with the talking donkey. I just think it's one of my favorite. It's, it's one hard of to understand. I don't know what the metaphor is, but it's a great one. Yeah, uh, I think the basic metaphor is just like a kind of a rocks cry out situation of, hey, if you're going to try to do something against God that God doesn't want done, he will stop you. He will find a way to stop you. So for those of you who don't know, because it is a little bit of a, a, a basic, not a basic story because it's making a donkey talk, but it's one that gets forgotten fairly often. Um, the Israelites are settling in the promised land. Jericho has been taken down. A couple of other uh, big cities have been taken down in the military campaign. And a bunch of people who are outside the promised land but are still a little nervous uh, get this prophet named Balaam. And Balaam's whole job is to go out and curse the Israelites. And so they give him a bunch of money. They give him some gold. They give him some special gifts. And they set him on a donkey. And he goes on his way. And he keeps saying, I'm going to curse the Israelites, curse the Israelites, curse the Israelites. And he tries, he can't do it, he tries, he can't do it. And eventually this this donkey is going mad. I mean, it, it's slamming Balaam into bricks, it's it's falling randomly, it's just, it, it. they think, Balaam thinks it's a sick donkey, and so he tries to bless the Israelites, or he tries to curse the Israelites, he can't do it. Finally, Balaam, I always picture the donkey jumping up on his shoulders and like grabbing him and shaking him a little bit. That's probably not how it went down. But this donkey talks in Balaam's native tongue. It's the first instance of speaking in tongues. I think it is. I, I genuinely, <laughs> I, I really think that there, there, there's a case to be made there uh, where the donkey talks to Balaam and is like, hey, bro, don't do this. Like, you cannot do this. This is, this is not what the real true God wants you to do. And so Balaam goes out and he blesses the Israelites because he was so shocked. He goes back. The kings are all mad at him because Balaam told the truth. Like, yeah, I blessed him. And this happens three more times. So because Balaam was getting gifts from the king, 
He just kept going and blessing the Israelites and asking for God's favor upon them. And there's a good chance that that, because prayer is a powerful thing and works, that that's what helped the Israelites continue on their military campaign through the promised land. All right. My final miracle. Uh, this is not one that gets discussed. There's not even a whole lot of detail about it. Um, this has to do with Hezekiah. Um, and a little biased because I love Hezekiah because my mom always wants to quote from the book of Hezekiah whenever she wants to make something up. So, you know, the fervent, effectual prayer of a mother availeth much. That's not in the Bible, but it's in her book of Hezekiah. Um, <laughs> which probably in one of those uh, apocrypha or something like that. But, um, in the extra, the, the books that the Catholics Extra had. biblical. That's right. <laughs> um, but Hezekiah at one point, Jerusalem is being besieged by the Assyrians. I think it's uh, Sennacherib that is, is besieging the Jerusalem. Hezekiah's in sackcloth. He's praying to God, and God's like, okay, we'll take care of you. And an angel kills 185,000 Assyrians one night. They just wake up in the morning, and there's a bunch dead. Now, there's all this debate over, well, did the did the original era mean 10,000 or 50,000 or 180? It doesn't matter. They wake up. Tens of thousands of their their comrades in arms are not are not alive. And I love it because it is the most silent killer. The, the, it's again, it's God saying, I will take care of you in a way you, you cannot anticipate or expect. And they just wake up the next morning prepared to die. And instead, everybody else without anybody raising a, a sword is dead in front of them. I love it. I think it's, it's, it's a perfect picture of the silent power of Jesus. Yeah, it goes. It reminds me of two different stories. One, Gideon, obviously one of the most popular stories in the Bible, which didn't get picked in this draft. And I, I, I get why. That's controversial. Gideon's a little tough to root for most. Well, of the, time. the problem with the the problem, and I assume you're talking about the the dew on the ground versus the dew on the the cloth. Well, the the I think the real miracle is that the people that the the Canaanites that Gideon was attacking freaked out and all killed each other i think that's a miracle in and of itself i get was gideon the one where he says he gathers an army and god's like too many too yep. many too yep. many too many and it's a great story and of course if you're gideon you can't 